Welcome to the chat. This is the podcast powered by talk. My name is Greg. Thank you for joining me. Hey, we've got a great episode lineup for you. But before we meet our special guest, wait till you hear this. If your spouse, significant other or coworker tells you that you look rough this morning, well, maybe it's because you didn't get enough rest. Turns out, beauty sleep might in fact be a real thing. It's time for news of the weird, wacky, and the wild. According to a study by Swedish scientists, looking tired reduces your social appeal. The findings, published in the Royal Society Open Science Journal, found that acute sleep deprivation and looking tired will make you appear more ugly and perceived as less healthy by others. The research also found that people might avoid contact with sleepy-looking individuals as a strategy to reduce health risks and poor interactions. Having an unhealthy-looking face, whether due to sleep deprivation or otherwise, might thus activate disease avoidance mechanisms in others and render one's surroundings less socially inclined, the study said. The findings underscore the link between sleep, attractiveness, and a healthy appearance, suggesting that beauty sleep really is a thing. And that is your weird, wacky, and wild news. I'm really excited to talk to my next guest. He is an award-winning composer and producer with music in his genes. His impressive client list includes 20th Century Fox, Sony Pictures, Marvel, DreamWorks, Paramount Pictures, Universal, and many, many more. You can hear his work on the big screen, the small screen, and every size in between. And speaking of the big screen, my guest has a project out now in this summer's sure-to-be blockbuster film, which we'll discuss in just a bit. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Chat Podcast Lounge, the incredibly cool and insanely talented Joshua Mosley. Thank you for joining me. It's great to have you here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. You come from a deeply rooted musical family. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about your journey to becoming a composer? Uh, yeah, well, music was definitely a big influence uh, in my family growing up. Uh, my grandfather uh, was a bassist, and he played with uh, many of the greats, Tony Bennett, Louis Armstrong, Peggy Lee, wow. uh, all those guys. Uh, and uh, Our household was definitely a musical household, so... Uh, my mom's uh, also a jazz vocalist, and you know we grew up singing and playing instruments, and uh, started playing the trumpet uh, around 12 years old. Uh, played that all through high school and bands, and uh, picked the piano up actually before that. Uh, really got serious uh, with that in high school, and uh, it kind of you know translated into me doing this uh, as a career. Um, I actually didn't really want to do music. As a career, uh, really? you know, through high school, I wanted to play football. I was trying out, you know, 
going to uh, recruiting things for University of Washington Huskies and stuff, and but that was not uh, my path. So, and I'm glad uh, I ended up here. You're currently living and working in the Los Angeles area, but spent a lot of time in Seattle. Is that where you studied composing? Uh, I studied uh, at Pacific Northwest Film Scoring Program with Hummy Man uh, in Seattle. Uh, I grew up oh, okay. grew up there most of uh, my childhood, and we actually, my wife and I moved here in 2009, so coming up on uh, eight years already. Um, yeah, I studied with Hummy Man, uh, learned a whole lot from him, and I went on to uh, do some arrangements for him on some shows up there, and uh, yeah, that was like my first uh, mentor in, uh, into this crazy business and uh, in a comp- Film composing. And that was certainly a defining moment in your career. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I was I was um, just starting. Uh, I started my business uh, with my buddy of mine I told you about, uh, Daniel Sadowski, and um, we were you know eager. We we're sending out demos and stuff, and uh, I had got introduced to him through a, a mutual uh, contact. And uh, got to meet up with him and show my stuff, and you know he was like, "Hey, dude, it's uh, you should probably uh, study with me before you guys keep sending out demos." <laughs> so <laughs> it was good to uh, definitely get the knowledge uh, behind uh, all the um, motivation that we had to make our careers uh, or put our careers in motion, uh, but to get all that knowledge of theory and uh, in writing and just of the industry and writing the picture. Uh, it was definitely priceless and a turning point in uh, propelling things forward. In the intro, I had referenced your work on all screen sizes. What do you find is the most challenging aspect composing for cinema, television, and the gaming industry? Uh, so I guess we'll start with, uh, with film. I think to be a good composer, you have to be a great storyteller. So it's getting into the characters, getting into the story, and presenting on screen musically uh, what what maybe you're not seeing uh, visually from the scenes or from the character, uh, and just you know helping tell the story and being collaborative definitely in in the process. Uh, and with video games, I mean, there's definitely you know there's more story now in games these days more so than ever. Uh, I guess it's just delivery uh, systems are different. Um, you know, there's a lot of interactive scores now, so and mostly interactive scores. Um, and you're, you know, you're delivering stems, you're writing in a way to where you can, uh, they can mute out certain things and bring in uh, the programming brings in certain tracks to make things sound more suspenseful or less suspenseful, and whatnot. So yeah, there's there's little things you gotta learn about each thing, but. Each has their own uh, reward as well. So it sounds like cinema is more linear in nature versus the interactive world where things can change based on gameplay, correct? Exactly. Yep. Well, you have some exciting news that we're going to talk about. You just finished work on a huge project that's in theaters now. Can you tell us a bit more about it? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's uh, for, it's Baywatch. and. Wow. Uh, I worked uh, with Chris Leonard's on that and, and the team at Sonic Fuel. Uh, that was that was a fun one for sure. Um, I've worked with Chris actually. She's I think this is maybe our eighth or ninth project now, like sixth film. Uh, so Chris brought me in back in November uh, to you know to help contribute to the music for that picture, and uh, the whole a lot of the vibe of it was. You know, hip hop and 
uh, dance, reggaeton based. And my some of my background, uh, I had a label back in uh, Seattle and started out writing, producing R&B and hip hop tracks. So hip hop is actually a big part of uh, who I am as a writer as well. So I got to kind of bring that uh, element to the table and uh, help contribute, you know, to the score in that way. And it was cool. We got to, you know, got to mix together this uh, big orchestral action stuff with some cool hip hop trap dance stuff underneath it. So that was, that was definitely really fun. Wow. What a cool experience. Well, speaking of Chris Leonard's of Sonic Fuel Studios, how did you connect with him? I actually met Chris through a composer and a friend, uh, Tim Wen, who's actually a co-owner of Sonic Fuel Studios. Uh, we met at uh, GDC, I believe it was at an ASCAP event, and a uh, super cool guy, of course, and he invited me to check out their facility, which they were just building, and uh, met Chris and went from there, worked on a bunch of stuff, like I said, with Chris and with Tim, some video game stuff as well with those guys for, um, I think it was uh, NHL 15 was one of the first things I did, games I did with, with Tim and Chris. But yeah, that was my uh, how, how I got connected with those guys. When you're in the composing process, what are you writing against? Do you see dailies? Are you working blind? Or is there some kind of outline or creative brief you're supplied? Yeah, so basically the film is spotted. Uh, they go through and you know point out where each cue is going to start and stop. Um, then there's definitely you know creative notes or spotting notes is what you call them. Uh, and I get those, I actually get that with picture uh, from Chris's team. And, you know, here's, here are your notes. And then there's usually a temp track that goes that sometimes you reference, uh, you know, loosely. Uh, sometimes, you know, the directors and producers really like the temp. Um, so you're definitely writing to picture. So I'll get a specific scene, you know, for this, for this certain cue. And then uh, you're writing to picture based off of the notes that you're given and uh, and somewhat of the uh, temp track as well. So let's jump into the studio and talk about your creative tools. Between the musical keyboards and the computer keyboards, what are you capable of creating with the technology at your fingertips? I have a fairly clean, simple setup. I just have my MIDI keyboard and everything's in the box. I have many, many uh, libraries. So at your fingertips, you're, you know you can produce for pop R&B and hip hop dance music and you can also I can also write for the full orchestra. Wow. Um it covers the gamut of everything for sure. So you really do have hundreds if not thousands of sounds and samples available. Exactly. Yep. Each each lends well to, you know, specific genres. So there's you definitely have your a whole pool of stuff to pull from. That's really cool. So over the span of your career, what advancements in the hardware or software have either impacted the efficiency or even the quality of your work? Uh, I mean, you know, computers have gotten faster, uh, have allowed you to have a lot more software since going at the same time. So you're not, you know, there's little things that like I use, I'm a logic user. So you used to have to freeze tracks more, which kind of saved CPU and power from your computer. You know, now computers are so strong and fast, you you don't have this, you don't have those issues. You don't have as much, you know, latency issues. I used to have, you know, a big, huge uh, Mackie board, you know, everything was running in 
through their uh, analog, and I ended up getting rid of that. I ended up getting rid of my, what was that? The Motif, which is a great, great keyboard. And I just, all my sounds, you know, just went inside the box. Uh, and don't get me wrong, it's that it's you definitely want the analog sound. So once I have everything written, I usually stem it out, send it to go get mixed, and then it runs through all the great hardware and everything. But for me, it's streamlines everything here so I can just get in, get down to it, write what I need to write, and uh, send it off to somebody to mix it and warm it up and give it some more life. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the creative process. All artists hit the wall at some point. How do you reboot and get those creative juices flowing again? Sure. Um, you, I mean, you got you got to take a break. You got to you got to have something that's that allows you to do that to recharge. You know, for me, it's it's a few things. It's, you know, it's spending time with my family, hanging out with my kids, uh, spending time with my wife. Uh, I like golfing, going golfing. Uh, those are definitely my main things uh, that chill me out. <laughs> watch movies all that yeah so you get inspiration from just everyday life yeah absolutely it's just and it's just walking away you know it's it's if i'm sitting here and this in this certain cue's not working i just i'll know okay i just need to i need to walk away i need to go just chill out for a few hours or or come back to it tomorrow and it, it helps you hear things from a fresher perspective and you're not so in it that you're just you're not seeing your way out or a way to, to way to the end yeah well that's great advice for sure is composing typically a solitary job or are you able to collaborate with others uh composing is definitely a solitary job for the you know 99 percent of it um you know once in a while you get out and you have meetings and you know you get to meet with you know, directors producers game developers other composers but for the most part, when you you got your workload, you're back at your studio, and it's just you and the keyboard and picture or your cue lists or whatever. And it's uh, it's definitely a uh, a solitary career, but it's good to definitely get out and socialize. Yeah, and for sure. It's not the healthiest thing to be stuck up in a room for 16 hours at a time. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Thinking about contemporary composers, whose work do you admire the most in the industry? Uh, that's so hard. I mean, it's a, it's a really hard question because I admire many people. Uh, many guys have been in that have been very influential in my creative process. Someone, you know, going back, of course, for most of us, John Williams yeah, um, was definitely uh, a huge influence in my musical perspective um i know it was i think it was well star wars of course for all of us and i was probably six or seven years old i used to watch we had return of the jedi you know on vhs and i did that thing would be on repeat and it would just all you know <laughs> yeah. i didn't realize it then you know i i was uh i'd always listen to the end credits i'd just sit there and i'd want to listen to the end credits and you know i didn't realize this you know it was such it was ingrained in me and it was impacting me in, in a deeper way than i realized jurassic park was another big one for me um and then james newton howard was definitely someone that i looked up to and, and still do and loved his work and was a big influence um on my career as well Chris Leonard's, who I've worked with, uh, his stuff is great, brilliant writer. 
I've been fortunate to work with John Ottman, uh, another brilliant composer. Yeah, so there's a lot of great guys out there right now, for sure. Okay, so let's go a little bit broader in scope now. In all of cinematic history, what's your absolute favorite movie score? Mm, man, that is, I, uh, that is really hard. <laughs> if I had to pick one from my child, like a few from my childhood, I was, Jurassic Park was, uh, was like the first soundtrack I had. And I had that when I was like 12 years old. So I had, you know, in my CD, in my CD collection, I have Jurassic Park and then I have Dr. Dre. <laughs> it was wow. like, but it was, and uh, it was definitely one that spoke to me a lot through that time of growing musically and playing the trumpet. And of course, you know, he writes beautiful brass lines. That, that was really inspirational. I love, you know, different, sounds electronic sounds uh being creative and pushing the envelope doing things different um so i would say that would be another one but there's there's so many it's it's hard benjamin button actually was was, was one of my it still is one of my favorite uh Despla, that was beautiful it's a beautiful beautiful score yeah it certainly is as a creative person I often find it hard to push myself away from the desk on a project and say, hey, it's done. I'm a constant tweaker and reviser. Do you find yourself the same way? I think it's harder like it's when you're writing your own stuff. It's harder for me. But, you know, when you're when you're on a deadline and you're working on a, a big project with a major deadline, you're you're forced to say, OK, <laughs> as long as, as long as they're you know, I, I make sure I'm pretty happy myself with it. But there's. You know, you you have the client's you know approval. You have the director, producer, you know, game developer. You know, if they're like, we love it, it's great, and it's you know it has to be turned in. You you get you have to let it go. So there's always you know, I I can't think of much that I've released or that you know that's in pro, that's finished in film or games that I'm like, oh, I would have done added that, or maybe I should have taken that out. That's just you know, I think that's in all of all of us creatives that just it's there and it and it's a good thing it, it pushes us to be better and better and push the boundaries oh agreed and while we're talking about the creative process mm-hmm. i'm going to throw out a few more questions to you when you're working on a project and submit it do you find that you get a lot of revisions or do you nail it on the first try right i've been very fortunate there's definitely been some revisions for sure but uh on a lot of the products i've worked on you know, there's a two or three, maybe four, but um, and some and a lot of times it's you know it's been great out the gate and people been happy with it, but it definitely can get, you know, can get up there. So I, ha- I have much more time to come across <laughs> some projects that are gonna have many revisions, but you know it's just you know it can get uh mentally draining sometimes. You're just over and over and over, but. You know, you're 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 part of a team and you're collaborating, and you have to you have to you know support the vision of the directors and producers or the game developers, and um, yeah. Over the span of your career, you've amassed quite an impressive collection of accolades. And as an artist, is there any award in particular that has the most meaning to you? Um. You know, like awards are great, and it it was great to be recognized for some of the, you know, commercial stuff that I had done in the past. 
So, I mean, I guess, you know, my, I guess my very first one <laughs> was pretty cool. Uh, that was a telly award, correct? Yeah, it was a telly award for it. A uh, show that I did with my old writing partner. Uh, I actually started off with a, in a company called Sound Drama uh, with Daniel Sadowski, who's also another uh, great composer, does really great work. So we were working on a show called uh, Sound Transits, uh, gosh, In Motion. It was like a weekly magazine for Seattle transit system. <laughs> so we found out uh, we had, uh, I think we got submitted for it or something, and we, yeah, we won the award. So it was cool to kind of have this little telly trophy. And I was right at the beginning. So this was like 2002. I was like 22 years old. So uh, I remember that being a pretty cool feeling, but yeah, yeah, it's great definitely to get recognized and, uh, but it's just, it's also really fulfilling to just be a part of these projects and, you know, see them out there and see your work on the big screen, see your work on television or on, you know, game consoles. It's pretty rewarding in itself. Well, that's certainly got to be an amazing feeling to experience. Absolutely. So where do the awards live now? Are they in the studio with you? <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. There's a couple in here, and what's funny with well, with Telly, I think I've won about seven, but they have you buy them. <laughs> so oh, I'm like, no. oh, I don't really <laughs> you know, we don't need to have all of those, but um, yeah. So I just kind of they're there in little plaques and whatnot. That's very cool. Yeah. So when you're not in the studio, how do you unplug and unwind? Uh, yeah. Again, just uh, hanging out with like family and friends. I have. Uh, amazing family and my wife's awesome and I have these wonderful kids and my brothers and sister and my mom and my great friends definitely we spend a lot of time with them and uh definitely recharge the batteries get get grounded get back down to earth here (laughs) from Hollywood land but uh yeah it's great just just spending time with people you know your relationships oh definitely and you have a beautiful family Thank you. All right, so let's play a little what if. What if this whole musical thing didn't work out for you? What do you think <laughs> you'd be doing today? Uh, my my other, I never pursued it, but my other uh, dream, I guess, would to be a pilot. Uh, and I'm, I'm still contemplating getting my pilot's license and all that, but I love flight, I love fly, flying. So I'd either be a pilot or uh, I actually used to draw a lot. And my other thing was I wanted to be an animator, work for Disney or oh, cool. or, or draw for Marvel Comics. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess it would be one of those two things for sure. Well, it's certainly something worth pursuing, right? Yeah. Well, the artistic stuff and writing and composing certainly go hand in hand. But what is it about flying? Is it the sense of adventure or independence? What is it for you? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, it's this adventure. It's, you know, the f- being up there, Just it's just cool. I love being able to see the beautiful earth from up there and enjoy flight. It's, it's I've never flown myself but just you know flying is great and i've always been fascinated with planes and how we as human beings have defied gravity and built planes like you see these even enormous planes and we just they're flying around and and the the jets we build are it's it's amazing brilliant stuff that just been something i've always been drawn to we just took our kids to the air show and it's definitely we're we're a uh Planes, trains, automobiles type of family. We love, uh, maybe not so much trains, but we love, we're a big car family and 
and all that. But um, yeah. Well, it looks like we're nearly out of time. But before we wrap things up, can you share with us some projects that you're working on? Sure. Uh, so I'm currently pretty close to wrapping up an uh, independent feature uh, called Rock Steady Row. Uh, it's directed by Trevor Stevens. Really fun film. Uh, I think everybody's going to enjoy it. Uh, it takes place in, it's a fantasy world, but it takes takes place in this college campus, but it's like this post-apocalyptic college. And college has changed and it's become the um what do you call it the fraternities have like you know taken over and bikes are like being controlled by these two uh rival fraternities and the dean's like kind of this corrupt president corrupt king of this kingdom uh so it's (laughs) super fun it's super there's a lot of stuff that's really out there and and creative and cool um we're doing some cool stuff musically kind of using sounds from school so i'm using like some pencil sounds and i'm using some bike pedaling sounds as a part of the score because it's you know centers around this bike ring that they're controlling uh for all the students because nobody wants to walk and it's it's like people fight each other with pencils and like throw shoot pins at each other and actually killing people so it's <laughs> it's like you know it's got a little tarantino-ish thing to it but definitely fresh and very cool so it's yeah. nice to work on something that's just totally fresh and original uh with some super talented guys and uh, trevor stevens really up and coming new director really really talented when can we expect to see that uh i don't know if there's an official release date i should i know it's this going to be this year so if people are interested you know you can stay tuned you know through some of my social media or something and um and just online rocksteady row i'm sure they'll have a site up and whatnot and find out but I'm, I'm assuming it'll be fall maybe september but we're delivering everything i think in the next few weeks here so um i know they're they're just about there on everything else sounds like a fun project yeah super fun joshua i want to thank you once again for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here it's been a lot of fun getting to talk and learn more about your career yeah, it's been fun. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Where can listeners check out your work and reach out to you on social media? Uh, so my website is Joshua R as in Robert Mosley.com. So Joshua R Mosley.com. And you can find me on Facebook at Joshua R Mosley. You can find me on Instagram at JR Mosley 18, I believe. I think it's the same. You, know, you just type in my name in Instagram or Twitter and there you will find me. Excellent. Sounds like you have all bases covered. Yeah, man. And friends, thank you for listening in. As always, we appreciate your support. Hey, you can drop us a line at chatpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Chat Pod. And look for us on Facebook at The Chat Podcast. And to be sure that you don't miss a single episode of The Chat, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere else podcasts can be found. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. On behalf of my special guest, Joshua Mosley, we'll see you again next time here in the chat. <laughs>